The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them named Cleopas said to him in reply, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, what sort of things? They said to him, the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, how our chief priests and the rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. And with that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. The Gospel of the Lord. I have really enjoyed having my dog, Apollo, now for four months. And miraculously, we're both still alive. <laughs> In other words, we haven't killed each other. People say that a dog is a man's best friend. And I would add that a dog is also a priest's best friend. Why? Well, of course, we all know how loving and affectionate and loyal dogs are to their owners. It is nice, I have to say, 
to return to the rectory, my home, after a long day and be greeted with slobbery kisses and play fetch with a stick and go for a walk. Dogs are great companions and help us priests overcome any loneliness we may feel for not having a family. Although at the end of a day dealing with crazy people, I love some loneliness. <laughs> but there's another reason a dog is a priest's best friend. And that is they teach us patience. They teach us patience. Recently, I switched Apollo's dog food from beef to chicken so that he, you know, he might have a little variety in his diet. And guess what he did? He went on a hunger strike and did not eat for a whole day. <laughs> you see, Apollo is the dog of an Indian priest. And so just like Mahatma Gandhi used to go on hunger strikes to defeat the British, so Apollo tried that same tactic with me, playing on my Indian sympathies. Smart dog. But in this battle of wills, dog versus priest, <laughs> mine was just a little stronger than his. And he finally caved in and ate the chicken the following day. In other words, Apollo has taught me how hard it can be to be a parent. You parents already know this because you often engage in a battle of wills with your children. I taught Apollo to eat his food. And we always say grace before we eat. And Apollo has taught me patience, how to be a better father. And that is another reason the dog is a priest's best friend. In the Gospel today from Luke chapter 24, we see Jesus dealing with some of his best friends, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And to be honest, I don't know who had it harder, me or Jesus, in trying to teach our best friends important life lessons. And it just so turns out that we're both teaching the same lesson, <laughs> namely what to eat and why you should eat it. How so? Well, if you sort of step back and look at today's whole gospel, the whole reading from Luke 24 verses 13 through 35, you can see the unmistakable outline of the mass. First of all, the whole episode occurs on a Sunday because Luke notes it was the first day of the week. Just like we go to Mass on Sunday, the first day of our week. Second, Jesus explains the scriptures to the disciples, which is what happens in the first half of the Mass called the Liturgy of the Word, where we focus on the scriptures and have them interpreted for us. And third, Jesus stays for supper and reveals himself in the breaking of the bread. That's clearly a reference to the second half of the Mass, the liturgy of the Eucharist, where we focus on sharing a meal with Jesus and with each other. But the part of the story that I can relate to best is Jesus' frustration with his disciples. He rebukes them saying, oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. That's exactly, by the way, what I said to Apollo. Oh, how foolish you are, Apollo! And how slow of heart to believe that this food I'm giving you is the best for you. 
And isn't Apollo's attitude and the disciples' attitude exactly how we are with the Eucharist too? We are foolish and slow to understand this great gift. And we are not eager to enjoy the Eucharist. My friends, do you know anyone who has gone on a sort of spiritual hunger strike (laughs) and refuses to come to Mass? That is, do you know any Catholics who've stopped practicing their faith and no longer go to Mass on the first day of the week on Sunday? Do you know any Catholics who no longer recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread and think that Mass is boring because they can't see Him? Yeah, don't worry. I know a few Catholics like that too. In other words, there is a cosmic battle of wills being waged all the time. Oh, it's not the canine will and the human will of Apollo versus Father John, but the human will of fallen away Catholics and the divine will of Jesus Christ who gives himself to us in the Eucharist and says, come, eat, come, eat. You know, if I had a penny for every time I said, come, eat, come, eat, Apollo, we'd never take another collection in this church. In other words, like Apollo did for a day in his Mahatma Gandhi hunger strike, some Catholics do for years, filling our hearts with the scraps that fall from the tables of this world and ignore the banquet of the Mass. But our God is infinitely more patient than I am. Thank goodness. And He will wait for us to come to our senses and stop our spiritual hunger strike. Even if He has to wait until maybe the only Mass we ever attend again is our funeral Mass. Apollo is teaching me a lot of patience, and I need it. But we don't need to teach God any patience, because for him, a thousand years are like a day. As it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. A dog is always a man's best friend, especially a priest's best friend. But man is not always God's best friend. Praise to be Jesus Christ.